Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. Well, welcome back to another episode of Young and Adulting. We're in season four of the podcast, and the last season was all about asking the question, how? And this season is all about asking the question, why? Our hope is that the season of the podcast will give you confidence in your daily walk with Jesus, knowing what God's Word says and why He says it. We believe that knowing and understanding the why behind some of life's biggest questions can help us get through almost any of what life throws our way. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Deborah Faleta. Come on, she's a wife, a mother, a licensed professional counselor, a speaker, and an author. Man, you're busy. She says she lives in Lancaster, Pennsylvania with her husband and her four children. Uh, as a licensed professional counselor, she specializes uh, in issues from mental health to dating and relationships. She's also the author of a couple of books, some of them being True Love Dates, Choosing Marriage, Love in Every Season, Are You Really Okay? I don't know. Married, sex, and the reset. And she's also the host of the Love and Relationships podcast. Come on, can we welcome Deborah to Young and Woo-hoo. Adulting? It's good we're, to be here. We're so glad you're here. You really do make me sound busy. <laughs> good or maybe you make busy look easy. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> not wrong. Um, well, Deb, would love to kind of hear a little bit about your background. So, um, Young and Adulting is the podcast of our uh, Christ Fellowship Young Adults community, and uh, you're just going to be talking with you know 18 to 25 year olds around, around that spectrum. And we just love to know your background a little bit. How did you get into this space? Like, what what makes you passionate about this? All that fun stuff. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. Looking back, my entire ministry started because of singles in the 18 to 25 demographic. Okay. Like That's where my heart was. And I just really felt like the Lord was like, if you want to make a dent in the divorce rates, mm. you start with the singles. Wow. That's great. You get singles healthy and you will make marriages healthy. That's beautiful. And I really just felt like he pressed that on my heart. So I started writing and kind of focusing in on singles. And my very first book was called True Love Dates. Okay. And it was about dating and just offering singles a, a better approach to relationships. And, mm. and honestly, one thing led to another, and the Lord just kind of kept opening doors and kept opening doors and, and kept opening doors. And now I'm my, my ministry is a little bit more wide-reaching, but I will tell you the 18 to 25 demographic will always have a special place mm. in my heart, and I'm always going to focus on them until God tells me not to. Mm. That's absolutely incredible. I love that. Well, I'm, I'm so excited for this conversation, not just because I'm a single young adult, but because you're in this space, and I'm excited to pick your brain. Uh, growing up, I, I kind of was in an environment where my parents maximized every emphasized everything other than dating yeah i knew about how to pray i knew about how to tithe i knew about you know the the importance of the church right but when it came to just practical how to's of dating big gap and i know that i'm not the only one who's experienced that so what would you say and how would you speak to that gap that others the listeners might be feeling of like bible talks about marriage Bible talks about even if you choose to be single, hmm. but there's not really some practical handles on like tagline dating, how to. I would have that tattooed on me <laughs> if that were in scripture. Like I would, I'd memorize that, but how would you speak to that gap? 
Yeah, you know, it's true. I mean, people are always asking me for a biblical approach to dating, and I always tell them, I don't think you really want a biblical approach because it includes a herd of donkeys and camels and some <laughs> sort of an arranged marriage. <laughs> I love it. And, and so the problem is I think it throws us off because we're looking for passages about dating. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find dating in the concordance of your Bible, That's right. yeah. but you will find principles. And I always say that though the culture of dating changes, the character of dating does not because mm-hmm. we can find principles of how to date, how to be healthy human beings, yep. how to interact with other people in the right way, all in God's word. Yeah. And, and we can kind of pull out what we need in order to date well. Dating isn't the enemy. Mm. And I think, I don't know, 18 to 25-year-olds might not be totally influenced by this, but there was a culture where we thought it was the right thing to kiss dating goodbye mm. altogether. Like, mm. let's just be done with dating. Yeah. And I think that's thrown a lot of people off. I think we still have some remnants from that culture of like, well, dating's bad. Let's stay away from it. Mm. So then we've overcompensated and gone to the other side where we kind of fall in line with the hookup culture. Yeah. Yeah. Like just do what feels right, when it feels right, with who it feels right Right. with. And so I think we've really gone to these extreme sides and we've done ourselves a disservice Mm. because nothing healthy happens in the extreme. Mm. It's always in the balance. That's great. So even in how we talk about dating, it's important to have a balanced perspective. Oh, man, I love that. Yeah, that's really, really good. So, uh, Deborah, what would you say as we're like talking about dating? You said character has a lot to do with it. And what would you encourage our young adults for? Like, if they're they're trying to date, they're trying to find that person they want to spend the rest of their life with. What what do they need to look for? Yeah. I think that's some of like the hardest thing is like, okay, like who do I date? Like, right. there's there's millions of people like that I interact with every single day. Like, right. who, who do I date? How, what are you looking for? Well, first of all, take a minute. And, and take a break from looking out and start looking in. That's great. Because we do spend a lot of time looking out, and it's confusing. There's so many people on this earth and so many people on dating apps. But I think a huge part of dating in a healthy way is looking in, dating mm. inward first, because human beings are magnetic. And mm. we attract and engage with people on our level of emotional health, mm. our level of spiritual health, our level of mental health. So when you're going in there and you haven't done the work to get yourself healthy, you're going to attract and engage all kinds of people. But when you start working on getting yourself healthy, working on your emotional health, your mental health, your spiritual health, your character, working on your self-control, working on the the fruit of the spirit in your life, dealing with your past trauma, dealing with the baggage that you bring to the table, you start getting healthy and watch how it begins to impact the way that you date. Mm. And I think we mm. we often skip that step. Yeah. We, we jump yeah. right in, like, who am I going to date? Right. Rather than asking, who am I? What am I bringing to the table? What does the Lord need to do in me yeah. so that I attract and engage with the right kind of people and recognize the ones that aren't healthy and aren't good for me? Yeah, that's really, really good. I love that. And I think it's it's so important because you're right. I think we have that that culture, too, where it's just like, I need to have somebody. And I, yeah. I can even think like, I'm 27 years old, but I remember when I was in fourth grade, it's like, oh, who are you dating? And you're like, what? It's like, <laughs> and But it, it starts getting introduced like so young that yep, you yeah. need a companion at all times that we've been inundated with this idea of like, if you don't have somebody, something's, something's wrong or something's wrong with you, or obviously right. I'm not doing life 
correctly, but I think what you're saying is so true. It's like, who am I first? Like, what am I bringing to the table? Um, and I think another misconception that your book said on as well is like that marriage doesn't complete you. It You're, you're complimenting. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that? The funny thing is marriage does the opposite of complete you. It exposes mm. you. Yeah. You know, it <laughs> magnifies mm-hmm. everything that you're bringing to the table, the That's good, great. the bad, and the ugly. And so when you come in with emptiness and insecurities and struggles and wounds, it's going to get magnified. It's going to get blown up yep. in yeah. marriage, but in the best way as well, because the good things get blown up mm. in marriage. Mm. And so I think it's important for us to realize like we have to do our job to be complete standing alone, to be healthy standing alone. Mm. You know, you probably know this already, but even the term like like somebody is my soulmate comes from like Greek mythology where these two souls were disconnected and then they had to find themselves again. That's that's not biblical. Mm. You Mm. know, like sometimes we talk about it in the church as if it's a biblical concept. Like I'm just looking for my better half. I'm looking for my soulmate that God has for me. Well, I don't think God has a soulmate for you because he's your only soulmate. Say it you again. Know? That's awesome. And and it doesn't so mean he, he doesn't want marriage for you. Of course he does. But we just have to make sure we go into it with healthy expectations. Yeah, absolutely. So I love what you just said there that you're not supposed to have a soulmate. He is supposed to complete your soul. And I think, man, that is like, if we could put that on a billboard of this, like you don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't need a soulmate, like you need a partner. And I think right. we, we look for that though. And, it, and we get those two confused. And I think even with the, the saying of soulmate, it puts so much pressure on the other person of like, mm-hmm. it really does. They're everything to me. Like they're my soulmate. But when you have the idea of partner, it's like, okay, they're, they're actually just meant to do life with me. Yeah. Like they're, they're meant to run beside me. And I think just even the, the, those two distinguishers yeah. are just like massive yeah. for just people looking through dating relationships. Like what, what am I looking for? Right. Yeah. And I think even in that vein, you talked about the importance of entering into marriage with the right expectations. And I've met a lot of young adults that we've got our lists, whether they're written down or held in in our subconscious, we've got this like long, he's got to be this tall, he's got to have this career, she's got to make this income. What would you say to the the young adult who wants to be in a dating relationship and they're just so conscious of this list that it almost drives them to the point that they can't actually develop compatibility or they can't recognize what to look for or what to make most important. Yeah. I think a list is not a bad thing as long as we go into it with healthy expectations. Like if you've got 2,354 things on your list, (laughs) I mean, something's got to give, right? Like this is... This is important for us to have a standard, but we also have to really get good at recognizing the difference between our needs and our preferences. Another way I talk about it in True Love Days is I talk about your majors versus your minors. Like which one goes where? And I think the majors list is going to be a lot smaller than the minors. The needs are going to be a lot smaller than the preferences. You can have a lot of preferences. Yeah. And I I don't think you shouldn't have preferences, but those can't be your majors. And I think that's where people get confused. They Mm -hmm. put their preferences in the list of the majors. Yeah. And sometimes they put the needs in the list of the minors. For example, like, does he really have to be a believer? Well, he's got all these other things going on for him. He's a really good guy. He's so nice. And honestly, I don't even believe there's that many good, strong Christian guys left anymore. So in that case, this is going to work. 
Yeah. You swap the list. You get confused. And that's problematic when mm. we don't really understand what our needs are versus what our preferences are. Yeah, that's that's really, really good. So, um, Deb, what would you say some of those needs are, like in every, in every relationship? And mm. I think they'd be different, but from your perspective of, you know, counseling with many singles and being in the, the Christian counseling world, what, what would you say that the needs are when someone is developing their, their healthy list yeah, of what yeah, they need yeah. to be this? What, what would you say some of those things are? Well, I'm going to turn this back on you. I would love to hear, <laughs> <I'm ready. laughs> since you're a married man, and I would love to hear from you as a single woman. Mm-hmm. Currently, you tell me what are some of your needs, and you tell me what some of your needs were. And I'll tell you if those were accurate needs, or maybe we should bump them into your preference category. Like, what were some of the things you had in mind when you were coming into relationships? Like, he has to blank, she has to blank. Yep. So for me, when I was dating my wife, number one was, does she love Jesus Mm -hmm. more than she loves me? That was a question that I asked myself and I made sure. That's definitely a major. We'll put that that in the majors category. I agree with you. Ding, 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 ding. Ding. (laughs) (laughs) Got got one there. But then I I started to look at character, I think, when I was evaluating my wife, because I think like if she loved Jesus, but I didn't like being around her, it's like, okay, they didn't match up. So one of the things things like character was a big one for me. So when you say character, do you mean like the fruit of the spirit or do you mean her personality like uh, both i don't mean maybe they're not the same i would say like um like integrity uh-huh. like like, okay. like t- tangible things yeah. of like who who is she in public Honesty. versus who is she in private like mm-hmm. it, was she the same person so yeah. I, I looked for that and then i also looked that she was cute that was another one that's mm-hmm. maybe maybe a preference um but well, well here's yeah. the thing i i actually think that's an important one yeah because you want to be attracted to the person mm that you're with. I think where it gets sticky is when we have a level like, sure, I'm attracted to them, but I wanted a 10, Mm. you know? And it's funny because some of the people I hear that from are like sixes, fives, fours, threes. (laughs) Like they don't have an accurate (laughs) perception of what they're bringing to the table, but they know what they want. She's a 10, but you're a four. Right. (laughs) I mean, you know, sometimes we just have to be realistic with what we're bringing to the table and and realistic of what real human beings actually look like. And I do think it's important to be attracted to someone physically. But you also have to realize that's only one component of attraction. Right, right, yeah. right. There's other things like personality, mm. character, emotional connection, spiritual connection. Yeah. So I don't want people to say, well, I shouldn't put a physical attraction on the list at all. You should. Mm. But you have to realize what influences physical attraction are all of these other things. That's great. You can meet somebody that you're really physically attracted to and then you get to know them. You get to know their character and personality yeah. and that physical attraction actually wanes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So it is important, but it's not the number one. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. I like that. So character, attraction, and faith. How about how about what's on your list? And you answered first, so I feel like (laughs) a copycat. But I do share those. Um, I guess the way that I would word it is, um, I do want a man who loves Jesus more than me, as Alec has said. But I also want him to be able to articulate his faith. That's just something that I care about. Um, That if somebody were to approach him, he's ready on most occasions, to give reason for the hope that he has, and he's able to put some words to that. Um, I also put a high level on integrity and things like that. Like, uh, what's I might not know how much my future husband makes, but I do have an idea of how he stewards his finances. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the character Mm -hmm. kind of, like, blueprint that I hold in my heart. I I don't necessarily know who his friends are, 
but I, I trust that he's surrounding himself with men and women that speak the image of Christ over him and call out identity things. Like, the, I've been looking for a person who does those things and yeah. cares about those things. So mine is, it is zoomed out. Um, but if I were to zoom in, like, I can't, I can't necessarily say, like, he's got to be 6'2". Yeah. But I do care about, like, as a woman, I feel more like a female when they're taller than me. Yeah. Like, my dad's taller than me. My brother's taller than me. And I love that sense of security that I feel when I'm in my father's arms. Like, I just appreciate that. I, I would say that is a preference. Yeah. Because it's something that doesn't actually impact his character. It doesn't impact his faith. But I think it's okay to have some of those. Like, you're allowed to have your preferences. Yeah. I think you just have to understand the difference between needs and preferences. But it doesn't mean you take your preferences and throw them out the window. You right. can still have them. But then when God brings somebody into your life that matches all your needs, it's okay to flex yeah. a little on your preferences. Yeah. You know, I used to say I didn't want to date somebody long distance. Hmm. And I flexed. When God brought somebody into my life that was worth dating long distance, Love it. you know, and and the the interesting thing about the greens is that it's going to be different for each person depending hmm. on their history. Hmm. You know, for some people, having somebody who doesn't have a sexual history hmm. is important. Like hmm. that is in their must-have category because they've been burned, they've been hurt, they've been through their own things, they have a trauma history, and it and it. They need that security, and maybe that's on someone's green list, but not somebody else's, yeah. right? Yeah. So part of knowing yourself helps you to inform that list, helps you to understand what are my needs and what are my preferences. And I think that's the whole point of dating inward, starting with yeah. me, because that informs even what I'm looking for. It informs the kind of person I'm, I'm attracted to, the type of person that I'm on the lookout for in my life. So. Yeah. That's why I wanted to hear from you, you yeah. know? My yeah. green list, I wrote it a long time ago. It's over. I'm married. It's yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. for those of you who are listening, it's like this is going to be informed by you and informed by your personal health. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important to do the work. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, Deb, I think that's so good for us because you're right. Culture has made it being like if they don't check every box, like if, if they don't hit everything, it's like, well, they're not the one. And it's right. just like... You know, it's not build a bear. Like, you know, like yeah. it's, uh, we have the opportunities <laughs> where, like, no, like God is going to send people along our way. And I think that's, that's absolutely amazing. So thank you. Thank you for that. But Deb, you, you've written a couple of books, which I actually, I read this one a while ago and it's fantastic. And we just have some questions based on your books around the idea of dating and relationships and even in mental health. And um, just want to kind of just pick your brain kind of on, on all of the, the yeah, spectrum. So Amanda, you want to, you want to kick us off? Come on, let's talk about it. Let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so can you share a little bit more about what the laws of attraction are and why it's important to assess each one when you're thinking about entering into a relationship with somebody? Yeah, so we mentioned them briefly, but things like personality, emotional attraction, spiritual attraction, and even like a mental hmm. attraction. Mm -hmm. Some of those can you can kind of lump together, but then there's also physical attraction. And so looking at all those different components, like we said, it's like attraction is multifaceted. Hmm. And I think when we hear the word attraction, you automatically think, am I physically drawn to somebody? Right. But mm -hmm. it's much more than that. Yeah. It's not just a physical thing. It's more of like, am I drawn to this person? Do I want to get to know them? I think of a magnet. 
and and how when you put two magnets close together, there's a pull. Hmm. Yeah. Like, am I drawn to this person? And why am I drawn to them? Because sometimes you're drawn to somebody out of your dysfunction. Yes. yes. Right? <laughs> wow. Like, sometimes I'm drawn to you because I'm repeating past patterns that are unhealthy. But am I drawn to this person because of their character and all of those different levels that we talked that's about? Great. And I think that's a really important thing. So when you think of attraction, don't just automatically assume it's just the physical. Just the mm. physical attraction, yeah. And Deb, would you say, that do all four carry equal weight? If that makes sense. Like with, with emotional and physical and spiritual, do they all carry the same weight? Or would you say like one weighs more than the other? Or is that just a personality Preference. I think it's personal preference, mm-hmm. and it's informed by our past. Hmm. It's informed by our experiences. It's informed by our trauma. Um, and not only that, when I think about it, I think if we're throwing them in a blender and they're all getting mixed in and I can't even tell what's what, hmm. like I'm attracted to personality. I'm, we have a, we, we, hmm. We're mentally there together. We can talk through things, spiritually there together, physically there together. It all blends together that sometimes I don't know what's what anymore. That makes sense. So it's more like that than it is categories. You know, categories. True. I've never looked at my life and been like, man, we're just mentally attracted right yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when you think about like when me and my husband, we, we have our Sunday night check-ins to talk and just go deep. And during those times, I feel more physically drawn to him mm. because of the emotional connection. Mm. You know, so they all kind of work together to move us towards the other person. Yeah, that's really, really cool. So, Deb, you talk about this idea of like the friend stage in your books as well. And I think a lot of us and culture has definitely like enhanced it. It's like, no, you just date. Like, if you like yeah. someone, you just date. And we've kind of like the, the friend phase. It's the phase we don't really know what to do with. Yeah, um, people so are I'm, even afraid of being friend zoned. Like yes. they try to avoid well, it. Yeah, because it's like, all right, if we don't date right away, then there's a chance of me getting friend zoned. And like, it's 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 messy. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about like, why, why does the friend zone, not zone, but the friendship matters so yeah. much more before the relationship. And how do we, how do we get out of the friendship zone if we're feeling like, man, I could actually, I could actually date this person. Yeah. Friendship is always a beautiful place to start because it's the stage where there's no strings attached. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can get to know a lot about a person in the friendship stage, a lot Absolutely. about their character, a lot about their personality, just kind of watching them in that stage. Yeah. So how do you keep it in the friend stage? I think it's important to do things that are not exclusive hmm. because that's kind of what community looks like. That's Friendship great. and community with the opposite sex. You're just getting to know this person. You're interacting with them. You're hanging out together with people. But internally, you might be kind of assessing, like, hmm. could this person be a good match for me? You're seeing qualities that you like. And once you get to that point where you decide, you know what, I want to get to know this person with the intention of, is this going to be somebody that I could date? Yeah. You know, somebody that could be in a relationship with, then you start dating. And and somebody has to be intentional about yes. having that conversation. So in Love in Every Season, I talk about the four seasons of a relationship, spring, summer, fall, and winter. Mm-hmm. And I talk about how before you kind of dive into those seasons of dating, you should take a season for friendship. Mm-hmm. So once you kind of are ready to kind of dive in to spring, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we're ready to date and start planting seeds and the traction is blossoming, it's time to have a conversation. Yep. Who's supposed to have that conversation, her or him? Crickets. (laughs) 
I know. I mean, <laughs> that's the cricket. I'm, I'm what do good, you think? I'm good with both. So who, who initiated in your relationship? You or your wife? Well, fun thing, we dated twice. I initiated. I think I initiated. Fascinating. I initiated. Yeah, I, I know. Have questions, right? but we'll save <laughs> we that for episode number it. two. <laughs> no, put um, them on the chopping block. Oh, I don't care. Um, I initiated both times. Okay. Um, yes, both times I initiated of asking her like, "Hey, like, would you like to be my my girlfriend? Can we make sure this is like a, a dating thing? We're exclusive." Yeah. But were you friends first? We were friends first for a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. We were also very young. So we were like 18, 19 when we first dated, which is like in that age range. Mm -hmm. And then we dated for like a year and a half. We did not date inward. So we we weren't very confident in in who we were and who we were in Christ. And that actually had a lot of relational tension. So we broke apart. Good honesty. That's appreciated. Hey, listen. We're, we're humble, open, transparent, yeah. you know. But that's yep. so yep. that that's who we that's who we were, and then so it we, was almost more confusing because you didn't know what you needed to know about yourself. It yeah. took a little bit more work to figure out what was happening. Yeah, in the well, relationship. We, we didn't know how to date, and I think that's uh, it was the truth. We we didn't know how to date. We were kind of like in this like culture's telling us to do this, and right. but we didn't know. We were young. We were you know a year out of high school, trying to figure out on our own, and yeah, so we broke up for like a year and a half. And it was a hard breakup. We didn't talk for like six months. And then we slowly started to become friends again, funny enough. And I took a lot of time that year and a half to date inward and figure out who I was. She did the same thing. And then we actually got back together and we dated for another two years. And then, yeah, then we got engaged and now we're married. And we've been married for over a year and Woo-hoo. yeah, That's running a great after story. It. I love that. It's fun. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> so, so what are you guys seeing with the 18 to 25 year olds culture as far as like women initiating the conversation the the dtr define the relationship oh, right like Oof. what's going that, on that here? took me back to what, christian one college word, right, right there Confusion. <laughs> there's so many words we Confusion. could talk about that'll bring you right back right back Jeez. i think there's a lot and 18 to 25 but even just anybody who s- seems to find themselves in that single yeah kind of room I see a lot of confusion. Like, it's almost like we've lost the rule book if there ever was one. Yeah. (laughs) And if it's gone, who's rewriting this new one? I guess we're just going to troubleshoot. And so what I'm noticing is there's a lot of just kind of, let me feel it out. Not a lot of communication, a lot of assumptions, kind of passive, putting out vibes. Yeah. And then uh, I, I definitely see that there's a kind of like a cold feet on the girl's side of like, if I start initiating, what will this ultimately do yeah. to this mm-hmm. picture of pursuit that I was told or right. just kind of around growing up where the guy's supposed to initiate because he's going to be the spiritual leader of the household. <laughs> so if he doesn't slide in your DMs first, he's going to be a bad dad. Uh, like there's, there's stuff yeah, it's that like happens. You're thinking like 25, 30 plus years ahead. Right, right. And so what happens is I think that there's a lot of just cold feet. Yeah. Yeah. And on both sides where the where the guy is he's he's happy to have a great friend that happens to be someone he's attracted to. She's happy to have a guy that she can uh, imagine the future with, but neither of them have established what this actually is and and we kind of live there. Yeah. Yes. Not that that's the case for everyone, but I definitely a see that. A lot of ambiguity. A lot of ambiguity. I agree yeah. with you. And you know what's funny? There is a rule book. Mm. It's less complicated than we think it is because all the past rule books have cast a shadow Mm. on the rule book, which honestly says 
You got a lot of freedom in this area of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, That's great. like the Bible says, encourage and edify one another. First Thessalonians five eleven. There you go. That's hmm. the rule book. Hmm. Does it matter who initiates? No. What matters is clarity. Yes. yes. What matters is honesty. <laughs> yes. Discernment. You know, respect and yeah. honor. And and when we bring that to the table. There's a much lower likelihood that we're gonna have regrets. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I do believe you can date with no regrets. Mm. If you're truly seeing it as an opportunity to encourage and edify my brother in Christ, to encourage and edify my sister. Like I wanna leave her better than I found her. So good. Great. And when I go into it with that mentality, the conversation, the things that we do and say, it's going to look different. Mm -hmm. We do have a lot of freedom in this area. Sometimes I think that freaks people out having freedom. Like yep. I need a, I need rules. Yeah, I need to know like step A, B, and C. But but God kind of instills some of these principles in our heart through His Word, and we can allow those influences, the influence of the Holy Spirit, to pour out in how we do relationships as well. Yeah, I love that. And I think, Deb, what you just said, like, are we leaving the person better than we found That's them? That's great. And I think that is just like, again, put it on a billboard, mm -hmm. like a mantra for dating. So I think that helps in, in areas of, of communication, which I think that, like, that's one of the biggest areas that I see that people just fail at. Mm -hmm. Because with a lack of communication, it typically breeds anxiety in one person or another person. And they I call it like relational anxiety. Like, yeah. does he like me? Does he not like me? Are we gonna go on another date? Is he talking to another girl? Is he only talking to me? Like, and all of these questions start coming <laughs> he up. He liked her post. He liked her post. Oh my gosh, right. is he DMing her? Like, yeah, yeah. for me, it was like Snapchat. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. she's Snapchatting him. Like, that was that was it. And I'm like- I won't tell you what it was for me because then you'll think I'm really old. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell us. Tell us, you put us on the chopping block, come yeah. on. AOL Instant Messenger. Love it. Let's go. Let's go. You can tell a lot about the a person by their AOL screen name. Let me just tell you that right now. That's amazing. But I agree. Like, I think it, it, it translates into every area that we do because, like, man, even in my communication, I want to leave this person yeah. better. One of my other favorite verses, whatever you do, whether you eat mm. or drink, I like to add, or date. Love it. Do it as if unto the Lord. Man. Like, yeah. like if he's if he's gonna go ahead and put eating and drinking in that category, why not dating? Dating yeah. is just as important. It's just as routine in our life these days. Even when you're doing the routine things, that's what the scripture is saying. Do them as you're as if you're doing them unto the Lord. So good. So what does that look like? How does that inform? the type of DMs I'm sending. Yep. And and maybe you're out there and you're thinking, well, I am trying to honor the Lord, but all those people aren't honoring the Lord. And it's you know crazy out there. But you know what? You keep doing the right thing. Yep. Keep sowing good seeds. Keep doing what is good. And at the proper time, you will reap a, a harvest. harvest. Yeah. And even in how you date, keep sowing the right seeds. Keep your mindset healthy. Don't start thinking desperate, unhealthy, toxic thoughts. There's mm. no good ones out there. They're all crazy, this world. Because if you start believing that, you're going to start seeing that, and then you're mm. going to start living that. Yeah. You have to really take ownership of even the mindset that you bring to the table about dating. Yeah, and, and Deb, maybe this is a question. I think some of us that may be listening to this, they're like, man, like I, I hear you, I've done that, I, I've mm -hmm. done the work, I've done the work in me, I've dated inward, but I still can't find anybody. And they're, yeah. and they're like, what, what would you say to, to that person that's like, you're, you're looking, but you're getting weary and you're doing all the right things. What would you say to encourage that person? 
Keep doing the right things. Yeah. Beautiful. Keep doing the right things. And don't allow your timeline to push you away from God. That's great. Don't allow your disappointment and discouragement. He's not up there wanting you to have this single life forever. He Mm. wants to give you good things. And if you have a desire for marriage, hold on to that desire, Mm. but don't hold on to it unless you're holding on to the God who gave you that desire because he's the one that's going to guide you and lead you. And I've seen so many singles that walk away from God when their timeline doesn't match his. Mm. Listen, all you need is one good match one good match. Yep. There's going to be a lot of not so good matches right. before you find the good match. And and part of the process is even learning from the ones that weren't so good, That's so yeah. good. to help you figure out what does work. That's you know, great. relationships are like a puzzle piece. It's like a puzzle you're putting together and you have to know your shapes hmm. and your colors and your size and your features so that you know who fits into your life and who matches your life. And then you also know who doesn't. Yeah. Mm, you know, so it's not good. like just trial by error, try to force it. Yeah. But learn and grow and see it as part of the process. Yeah. Wow. Because so you're good. I, I had this analogy because I was this kid as a, um, I didn't like puzzles because they never fit. And I remember when I, had a puzzle piece that didn't fit, I'd always take my fist and I'd jam it in and there. I, I'd jam it in there. Make and what I'd realize is that, like, you, you make it work, but you. But it doesn't you, work. You, you've broken the picture. <laughs> yeah, like you've right, broken right, the piece. Right, like right. what you what you were trying to accomplish, actually, you just you shattered. And I think, man, that that's so true. And I think it comes back to dating inward. Is like, who, who's your piece? Yeah. Like know yourself well enough that when the piece comes along, you're like, yes, like right. that. That's who I'm. That's who I'm running with. That's who right. I who I want to be with. Um, that's absolutely incredible. So that that thank you. I've got one more question. Come on, ask it. So every episode, um, when we have our guests on, we like to ask this question. If if a young adult were to Google the question, why is dating so complicated? And you could write the answer to what would come up as their search, you know, answer. What would you, what would you say to that? It's only as complicated as you make it. Love that. I love it. Because I really do believe that, like we talked about, our mindset matters. And if I'm going to go into it believing that it's so complicated and so hard to figure out and Mm. so this and so that, I'm going to see that. I'm going to feel that. I'm going to experience that. Your beliefs influence your feelings and your feelings influence your behaviors. Yeah. So you have to really take ownership of those underlying beliefs and just ask the Lord to fill you with hope, to cling to his promises, to know his word and his truth so that that informs the way that you date. I, I love, love that, that so yeah. much. So, Deb, before we wrap up, you have a podcast. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about that, how they can hear more from yeah, you? Yeah, and- yes. The, so I love connecting with young adults. The best way would be on Instagram, Deborah Faleda, but also my podcast, The Love and Relationships Podcast with Deborah Faleda. It's a hotline-style show, so people cool. call in with questions about dating, relationships, singleness, all kinds of things, and we just kind of talk through it on the podcast. Yeah. It's really fun. And I'm just so grateful to be able to connect with people that way. I don't know if you can answer this, but what's the craziest call-in you've ever had? Mm. <laughs> the the craziest call-in, but also the most popular episode mm. was this guy talking in third person about the sex drive. <laughs> and he's like, how do you control the sex drive? And he just kept calling it the sex drive instead of like his sex drive. <laughs> he's like, I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but honestly, it's one of the most popular episodes. It's called How to Control Your Lust Before It Controls You. Oh, that's wow. so good. And it was one of our most popular episodes. But there you go. It's really funny. <laughs> I believe it. I love that. The... <laughs> so you, everyone's like so curious now. They're all picking up their, their phones. phones. I know. They're all like, okay, what well, was that? Let's be honest. They turned off again? our episode. <laughs> yeah, and they've gone they're to not even listening to us anymore. <laughs> and they're trying to find this episode. The sex drive. <laughs> Amazing. Well, friends, this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you so so much for joining us again. Um, hey, you can check out the show notes for any resources mentioned in today's episode. And here's her book, True Love Dates. But thank you for joining us for another episode of Young and Adulting. If you like this episode, leave a comment, review, or subscribe to our podcast, and we will see you next week for another episode of Young and Adulting. Stay cool, my friends. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.